0: Hello everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manichari and today's episode is all about guided biofilm therapy with the wonderful Zara Shirvani who you might know better as Zara the Hygienist. This episode is very kindly brought to you by EMS and without further ado let's get into it. Zara, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you, Shadi. Thanks for having me
0: on. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm caffeinated now, so I can be productive, whereas before, I know <laughs> I, I was running on about 20%. Um, <laughs> could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got hit, please?
1: Yeah, so I'm Zara Shivani. I'm a dental hygienist uh, practicing in London. I qualified from the Eastman Dental. And um, I have been practicing as a hygienist for about six years. Um, it feels a bit longer. Um, I'm currently at five practices, so it's quite busy. And um, I'm also, uh, have, I've started to do my level seven facial aesthetics as well. Um, so cu- I've got a lot going on. I'm a global ambassador for uh, EMS. And I've written uh, a few articles as well for leading UK dentistry magazine. Lovely, so you've been very active in the six years that you have been a hygienist. Did you yeah. always that you wanted to be in this field? I pre studied genetics at university and I loved all the science aspect. I loved all the lab work, but a lot of it was um, computer-based, research-based. So I wasn't seeing a lot of people and I was missing people interaction. So um, I just wanted to combine people and the scientific background. And uh, my mum was part of the dental industry for a while. She was um, a manager. And uh, I was always in and out of practices as a child. So um, she was like, yeah, it's really, really competitive. And uh, you have to basically, you might have to do dental nursing. Um, And so I just, I tried and it was the first time I applied. And I missed the deadline for Queen Mary by like one day. Um, and then I got into Eastman and it was just me and there was another girl on the course. We weren't dental hygienists, uh, sorry, we weren't dental nurses. Um, but by three months by Christmas, we were all at the same level. So
0: yeah. So I guess with us both coming from Persian culture, you were gently pushed into the field <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> I was, I was. Um growing up, you know how it is, you're either a dentist, a lawyer, doctor, <laughs> engineer. Um So after I did genetics, I was also part of the National Youth Theatre because I loved the theatre. But it wasn't as viable. And even though I loved it, it was sort of I was being pushed to, you know, maybe keep that on the side as a hobby. (laughs) But, you know, maybe focus on something with a little bit more longevity. Um, And so I did hygiene and I absolutely love it. See,
0: I I feel like. I know they kind of gently, And again, I say this generally, genuinely, it's gently pushing us into professions that we are into these days. And honestly, I genuinely think they, they made the right decision to do that, because I think as a 16, 17 year old, you don't necessarily know what you want to do. And for someone like me, who's very indecisive and who's very impatient, the last thing I want is to study something and then come out of it and be like, well, what do I want to do now? you know, I have friends who, even friends who studied law, even when they graduate, they have to decide, okay, well, what do I want to do now? So for me, it was very much like, okay, well, you study this, and it's quite clear, you still have to choose what field you want to go to, like what subspecialty you want to go to, but more or less, it's decided for you. And I kind of like that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, I mean, I quite like, you know, deciding for myself, but I really appreciate having advice and having people around me, you know, they're more experienced, they've gone through it. So it's always nice to have input. Um, and I think the two together is sort of like it works. Cause yeah, then you're not doing something you don't decision, want to do. Right. Ultimately yeah. It's decision. Yeah,
0: definitely. It's kind of an a, an arranged marriage, not a forced marriage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Nicely put. <laughs>
0: Okay, so talk me through, you've graduated as a hygienist, you've qualified now, then what do you do? How did you go from just qualifying until doing all this stuff, becoming an ambassador for GBT? How did that all happen?
1: So I started working in a mixed practice um, and uh, then I was also working in one practice uh, four days a week in the same practice and I realised that I didn't like being in one place. Mm -hmm. I quite like to go to different places, seeing different cohorts of patients, different, you know, areas. Um, So I like that it keeps things, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't get bored quickly like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of GBT, I mean, I kept seeing it, um, seeing it on Instagram, seeing it, you know, hearing people talk about it. And I'm like, oh, wow, what is this just amazing treatment that everybody says makes things so easy. And uh, it's so comfortable for the patient, because I had so many patients saying water mm. is so cold, it's so sensitive. And, uh, you know, giving injections in the mouth, if I'm doing perio, yeah, or if there's a, there's a localized pockets fine but if a patient's got sensitivity everywhere it seems a bit excessive to have to give local mm. you know everywhere just so that they're comfortable um so I started to research about it a little bit more and um I got them to come in it was one of my practices where I said like we need to get this it's going to change you know um uh, how we do how we provide hygiene treatments as well and they came in they did a demo Um, and I also tried it on my principal as well and they were like wow this feels amazing (laughs) we need to get this Um, and so basically it started from there and uh, once once you start using it it's very difficult to go back to the conventional um, method of doing hygiene it's just a win-win it's more comfortable for you as the clinician it's more comfortable for the patient Um, you can use the urethritol powder on fillings crowns bridges the soft tissue the tongue doesn't damage anything is naturally occurring um and then in, in combination with the warm water and, and the air it makes the hygiene more enjoyable and for me it was about giving a good experience to patients from the moment they come into the door to the moment they leave mm-hmm. because that's what's going to get them to come back they're going to talk to their friends and families and tell everybody about it
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting i had never used uh, gpt in practice i had had the treatment myself um, and it was nice, it was pleasant but as a clinician I'd never used it and I remember I had a patient who we were stabilizing her gums before doing a and I remember she came in last time she came to see me um she was really really sensitive with the cold water and she was you know flinching the entire time and I felt so bad and I was like, listen, next time you come for a checkup it would or in a clean it would be my own practice. I'll promise you I'll have to <laughs> And she came in yesterday and I saw her for for the clean and honestly she came in and she was like how are you she's like I have a headache you know with the heat and stuff I haven't been hydrated so I have a headache and I was like oh sorry to hear that and then at the end I was like okay well how was it you know how are you feeling and she was like honestly I just fell asleep and my headache's gone (laughs) I was like okay considering (laughs) that time she was so anxious the entire time and that made me realize actually what a difference it makes to patients even temperature of the water the fact that it's not as noisy it's not as uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so And, you know, like you're saying with um, building a practice and building a list, it really is a conversation starter for people. You know, when they start talking about, I mean, not to say everyone's talking about their dentist and having a clean. Mm -hmm. But generally when you do, it's like, oh, I went for a clean and it wasn't painful. And it's a conversation starter and it's a practice builder. So it really does make
1: a difference. Um, Yeah, especially hygiene being so traumatic for some patients. And then they don't want to come back. And then they have just a negative view of dentistry as a whole. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, yeah. You know, they should enjoy it and have a good experience.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as, as a principle now, investing in equipment, you can invest in, say, GBT or you can invest in a microscope. And really, if you think about it as, as a new practice that's starting, if you think about, you know, when, when we talk about clothes, we talk about cost per wear. And when it comes to equipment, you talk about cost per use. Honestly, which one of those are you going to use more? on every pretty much every single patient you're going to be using GBT, and um, whereas a microscope yeah. might not necessarily be something you use all the time so um there are multiple benefits it is an investment um mm-hmm. it is like most things in life uh that it comes at a fee but that mm-hmm. will justify itself quite quickly um
1: yeah
0: and so far my experience has been positive so i understand the the hype yeah yeah,
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it is it is um it is a bit of expensive kit but you make the money back so quickly because uh you know arranging the workflow of the hygiene treatments and when patients love it they're going to come back they're going to ask you all well, my patients ask me at the end of the appointment when do you want me to come and see you next mm. so it, it you know in terms of that you're going to have an influx of patients because they're having a great experience
0: true so what have you been doing since becoming an ambassador what's that involved um in your day-to-day works i mean are you sort of uh, committing a few days clinical a few days to do that kind of thing how, how does it work with your schedule
1: so um at the moment because I'm working full time and I said I would never do it and I would always say we're <laughs> only going to do three four days and then you know <laughs> this happens um so I'm basically doing some extra work uh after hours when I get back or on the weekend um so it, because like I love today, it Today, Sunday morning <laughs> yes <laughs> glad we found a time yeah because I love it it's not um it, it, it's not difficult for me to to want to sort of put time aside because I genuinely genuinely love it like I've thought about some uh, cons and I can't think of anything mm-hmm. um so yeah I um I wrote um article on uh, menopause as well um with them and then using gbt and the effects of that and how that can help um because systemic health is such a huge thing right now um and so it's it's not just about brushing um and it's not just to scale and polish hate that word Mm -hmm. um but it's so much more it's about the Overall well-being, um, and I think we're moving in that direction of connecting the head and and the body together. And mm-hmm. um, GBT has helped do that uh, because you're you've got more time to educate them, and so basically working with them, I'm able to get the resources to then mm-hmm. provide the best for the patients. Yeah, and I
0: I see a lot of your work on social media, for example, a lot of it is on educating and getting information out there, and it's really really impressive to see, and honestly provides a lot of value. Mm-hmm um talk me Thank through your you. social media journey how did it start what's it looked like for you
1: mm. um so i started during covid um as many other people um, myself included <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and i just really really wanted to sort of put the education out there and i genuinely believe things like you know oral health this should be taught in schools
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: not so I thought what can I do just to get the message out there um and so I wanted to create an educational platform uh infographics all these things to to put that information out there so people are aware because you know in clinics so many people that come up you know what do you think about oil pulling and I'm, I'm no don't do it don't get me started on oil <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 um, and then explaining why and there are so many people out there who still think all these, you know, things that are helpful and beneficial, but there's no clinical evidence. Um, And I'm someone that works, you know, as we do in in this industry, uh, backed by science. Um, And so I wanted to put that on social media to create more awareness. um, And basically, if people have questions, if they do want to to get an appointment in terms of direct access, um, and all that's going to help as well. Have, so you that's how that it's
0: been, have you found that it's been a good practice builder for has it been more connecting with the community for you or generating new patients? What, what would you say is the main um, sort of feedback to your to your social media?
1: I've had a bit. I do get many questions, you know, on uh, oral health or uh, dental as well. Um, And there's also the benefits of patients inquiring, oh, you know, can I come and see you? Um, uh, I really want to hygiene, um, but I'm nervous or uh, I haven't been for many years. uh, And that's when, you know, I would explain, you're absolutely fine. You can come in, have a chat. And basically it's helped in both aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a patient who was this is a very, very severe Um, case but she was very very nervous she's had terrible experiences in the past and the first two times she came in we just had a chat and that was it and now she comes and sees me every three months and I was able to break that barrier and it's literally just sitting down listening to the patient at the end of the day it's a people business Mm. um, and you've got to understand people and to be able to engage um, you know anybody could just look at well not anybody but you know clinical skills clinical skills you need that alongside um personable and and people skills as well um so it's so rewarding just you know and there's because there's so many people out there um you know who still haven't come in or are too scared and i'm just sort of changing the mindset one patient at a time (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: it's true. And honestly,
0: I think a benefit of social media is that people are able to see you, get to know you before they come and see you. So a lot of my patients that come through social media will be like, "Oh, you know, how was your holiday? How's this? I heard you haven't slept for a while. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. is your coffee like? Do you know? It's such a nice thing for people to be able to get to know you." And then come and see you, especially with patients who have anxiety. And we know a lot of people do. Honestly, I think everyone has a level of dental anxiety, myself included. I don't like going. I hardly go to the hygienist. Haven't been to the dentist for a while. (laughs) I think it does help um, to break down that barrier. And then when they're ready, and this might be different for a lot of people. Like I always ask patients who come and see me from social media. I always ask them how long they've been following me and some of them honestly will be like oh it's been like two and a half years and only now I've you know been able to overcome that fear and come in and it does take a while for some people so I think the benefit of seeing you getting to know you um does go a long way in managing their anxiety
1: definitely yeah it's like finding you know the hairdresser and then you just stick to that person and you build a rapport and you're comfortable yeah that's true so moving back
0: to gbt swiftly um we know that by probably by the time this uh, episode goes out gbt summit is going to be in a couple of days (laughs) yeah talk me through um last year's uh, gbt summit what it was like and what made you attend and all of that for anyone who is interested in going or who hasn't been before what was it like
1: so um i loved the event last year it was held in london and um I wanted to go obviously i've been using gbt for a few years i wanted to go to connect with people that have like-minded um but also when i did say i was going a couple of my principals were like oh, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna attend as well which was great because it's not just for hygienists and therapists um it's for dentists it's for specialists anybody you know um and my favorite topic was why invest in prophylaxis because um the talk was about the business side of things. Obviously, running a dental practice is a business, um, and how that benefits creating a workflow that's going to generate more income for the practice mm-hmm. and get those patients in. Um, because it, it, uh, it, some you know, principals might have other priorities, or um, they might think, "Oh no, no, it's fine. You know, we'll just keep the hygiene how it is." But when I saw that presentation about you know you could see all the figures and the numbers there it was like a no-brainer mm-hmm. like we can get more patients you know we can increase revenue we can the patients are comfortable so they have a great experience it was like a win-win mm-hmm. um so that was my favorite talk mm-hmm. um and yeah I'm excited to to see what this year's summit is going to bring. So taking away what you did from the summit last year
0: how would you say that's changed your practice over the last 12 months I would say probably for uh for someone who is an ambassador uh you've probably been heavily involved in. In the research behind GBT and all the numbers and all the science and all of that, but from attending the summit, what was the main takeaway message for you, and how has it changed your practice in the last twelve months? Has it changed your practice in the last twelve months?
1: So yes, um, I wanted to change how hygiene was delivered in the practice and not just have like blocks of the same appointment all the time, mm. and you know it's tailored to what the patient needs. And at the end of the day, a patient might need a longer appointment for a different treatment or just a longer appointment in general, that's obviously gonna take up more more surgery time. So it's a high cost. Um, And then sort of creating it so that my day list isn't just like blocks of the same appointment. Um, And also connecting the systemic health um, and Mm. we're very heavily involved in that now. I was able to then discuss things with the patient in the room that maybe they had no idea about the connection to heart disease, diabetes, dementia, all these things, and then offer other treatments as well, uh, blood glucose test, uh, things like that. Um, And so I was able to sort of, it wasn't just doing GBT, it was doing GBT and then what can GBT open or provide um, uh, to the patient as well? So I think I'm always searching for like, what can I do better? How can I improve? um how can i get, give you know the best care and so i sort of wanted to do that but even beyond that um and so it has opened up a lot of doors in in how we think and then connecting those links together as well
0: yeah and i think on one of the previous episodes we were talking about how setting a good foundation for oral health with the hygiene visits calling it oral health optimization sets a really good foundation for the rest of the treatment that the patient may need because as we know a lot of patients Want or need other treatments, but they might not be in a position to have that. You know, they're not stable enough to have ortho. For example, you know, this patient that I was talking about, um, she had to go through an intense phase of stabilization before she could be um, suitable for ortho, which she is now, thankfully. Um, So, in your experience, where does all that sit with sort of setting the foundation for a healthy mouth and for for the rest of the treatment to be able to take place, and also
1: for maintaining those
0: results long term?
1: So uh, I always say the foundation of any dental work, um, be it restorative, cosmetic, is good hygiene. Um, you know, if you don't have a good foundation, it's going to collapse. Mm. So uh, for me, oral health is the number one priority because if the hygiene and the health of the mouth is good, you might not get to the point where you, you know, you'll need the implant or the crown or filling, whatever it is. Um, obviously, within reason um but that's why i think that the oral health is the number one thing without that you cannot uh, y- you cannot you can have dental work but it just won't be sustainable you're it going to have fail. more issues yeah. exactly it will yeah. fail um you know especially things like implants patients think oh i'll just get an implant no that needs even more maintenance and care you probably need to see the hygienist mm. more regularly than you did previously um and so it all stems back to you know without healthy gums uh, without good oral hygiene You don't have much.
0: That's true. And honestly, we were talking about how um, patients are sometimes more comfortable seeing the hygienist because it's such a routine. You know, it's like, oh, can I see the hygienist? And we have um, at the practice, we have patients who see the hygienist, but not necessarily the dentist. Um, And then building that report with a hygienist, cleaning the teeth is going to set the foundation for the treatment. And also the hygienist is going to spot things that the dentist might need to see so you know they 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 go and see the hygienist, and it's like, "Oh, you might need a filling there or you might need a mouth guard or this tooth is looking a bit dodgy. You should go and see the dentist. And it just is a good system and workflow to have for those patients who might be resistant to go and see the dentist because they are scared. You know, with a hygienist, in some ways, it it removes the elements of the unknown for patients, I think. So for patients who have severe dental phobia, when they go and see the dentist they don't know what's going to happen whereas in some ways i guess they might feel a bit more comfortable seeing the hygienist especially if they've been seeing them regularly um so it really helps to build that report and then for the hygienist to spot those things and say well actually you need to go in for a checkup. you need an x-ray of the tooth. you might need this treatment
1: yeah definitely i mean like i've had patients that um will come in um you know i've done perio i've stabilized everything for them um, like you know you need to come back in two months um and then their regular supportive care and then I will spot something and they're like they'll you know someone will have written a pop-up note saying just wants to see a uh, dentist for exam annually one once a year um and I have spotted I'm like no you need to get this checked now we've worked yeah. so hard on the, on the gum health you know so we need to, if anything does come up then you know you do need to get this checked um and that's why I think working in it's uh, sort of like a partnership like that just works so nicely mm-hmm. um, and being able to refer um, because it, you know, we, we're seeing the patients regularly, we're building that relationship. And so at the end of the day, they're going to trust us when we're like, you know, you've got decay there, you, or, you know, you need a crown or you need a, a root canal, whatever it is. Um, and so it, it works full circle and it's nice for the patient as well, because they feel like they're being taken care of under the yeah. same roof. Yeah.
0: And it's like when you've built rapport and trust with that one person, you're going to trust the person they refer you to. So it almost removes that element of the unknown, unknown as such, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So going back to the summit, what do people have to look forward to this year? What's coming up?
1: So um, there are going to be lots of international experts and clinicians uh, sharing their information about preventative dentistry, uh, minimally invasive dentistry uh, about preserving the hard and soft tissue. Um, there's going to be talks about business. There's going to be lots of case studies as well, so you can basically see for yourself. Um, and there'll be some great discussion and networking. So I'm excited. Lovely. I can't wait
0: um thank you so much for joining me today what's next for you tell me you've already done so much in the last six years um and I almost don't like asking this question because when people ask me it's like let me deal with the stuff I have now but what is next for you what are you looking forward to in the future
1: um so I um because I'd previously studied genetics I think getting more in depth into or a microbiome and um, in combination with GBT, I think that's the most, um, I'm a nerd at heart. So for me, I'm like, that's that's what I want to focus on Um, and just creating more and more awareness um, for people um, and so that they're not scared anymore. Like nobody should be scared of seeing the dentist. Um, And so I want to sort of break that barrier and be like, no, you should all come, should all have this treatment. It's great, you won't feel a thing. (laughs) <laughs> um it really 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 is uh, it's a spa anti dent antimicrobial spa for the mouth and you know once you say that what's not to love no drilling involved
0: <laughs> that sounds so luxurious i need to have one myself <laughs> longer <laughs> with you yeah thank you so much for joining me today it's been so lovely catching up with you and i can't wait to catching up with you at the summit
1: thank you very much thanks for having me shadi
0: I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned a few things. I know I certainly did. And as always, don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manicherry. I always love hearing your responses. And if you have any requests for future podcast episodes, please let me know there. I do usually listen if there are specific requests that are quite popular. As always, there will be a new episode every week. So please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. And I can't wait to speak to you soon.